Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. It's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos, 630 Chad. The Edmonton Prospects game getting underway at REMAX Field. They were unable to finish off the sweep against Okotoks last night, losing 11-3. So they'll try to win this first-round series tonight. They do lead the best of five, two games to one. Remember, we've been talking about the Edmonton Cubs, who are representing Canada at the Senior Little League World Series in Easley, South Carolina. I guess I should say were representing Canada. Unfortunately, the Cubs were eliminated Earlier today, losing 8-1 to Italy, a game that took three days to play because of rain delays. They started Wednesday, resumed it yesterday, finished this morning. So the Cubs uh, do get a top eight ranking out of the 12-team tournament, double elimination, but unfortunately uh, couldn't keep going on the international side today. A great season for them, obviously. They won the Canadian title on home soil a couple of weeks ago, went to easily South Carolina and uh, lost their first game, came back with a win couldn't uh, couldn't get it done over the last three days against Italy. 8-1 the final. My name is Reed Wilkins, Inside Sports on Oilers and Eskimos Radio 630. Chad, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. Hope you have some awesome long weekend plans. 38-3, Hamilton leading Montreal at halftime. Jeremiah Mazzoli, 11 for 15, 202 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Johnny Manziel, 9 for 16 for 90 yards and four interceptions. That is the most interceptions uh, in a CFL game this season. Uh, obviously, Sports fans and media south of the border keeping track of this game as well, given Manziel's prominence when he was in the NCAA and the NFL, even though he wasn't that successful in the NFL. ESPN Stats and Info saying Nate Peterman, the only quarterback to throw four four interceptions in the first half of an NFL game in the last 10 seasons. Uh, One guy has had that happen to him in the NFL in the last 10 years. Uh, Johnny Manziel does it in his first CFL Start. All right. You can text 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. By the way, Kellen. Um, hey, Reed. I, I hope I've been able to, to not indicate how down I am today. No, you I mean, you've got to do the show and have energy no matter what's going on in your life or whatever. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. It canceled BVJ. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. I earlier. was pretty rattled when I heard that this afternoon. Thought about just going home sick or How, how's sad. your how's your achy breaky heart? But it's aching, buddy. Oh, it's twice as achy and thrice as breaky <laughs> because I ain't got no Billy Reiki. Yeah, I guess he was flying out of California and had to turn around because his plane had issues. So, well, I mean, safety first, but man, that is sad. 
Mm-hmm. That is sad. Oh, I'm sure that there's plans already in the mix for a makeup somewhere along the line. I hope so. I, I think you should come in and do inside sports for two hours. That'd an hour something. of talk, an hour of concert. You can bring Miley along. I'll chat to Miley. Hannah Montana. What's yep. her real name? Miley Cyrus or Hannah Montana? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> what was David Bowie's real name? David Bowie or Ziggy Stardust, right? So you don't know. <laughs> These kids and their okay. alter egos, I <laughs> tell right. you. That's, that's good. Uh, Sin Crude Oil Country Championship presented by Acon out at the Petroleum Club. George Cunningham, American golfer, 64 today. He's 11 under for the tournament. Two-shot lead over Matt Marshall and Brinson Pellini. Top Canadian Max Gilbert, he's tied for 19th. He is uh, seven off the lead. Edmonton's Will Bateman, who we had on the show one week ago, did make the cut right on the number at one under par. 68 yesterday, 73 today. Later on this half hour, we'll talk to Scott Secord, who got a hole-in-one today at the Oil Country Championship. That is pretty cool. All right. Speaking of text messages, as I, uh, I mentioned earlier, to Blake Dermott. And look, I, I, I lived in Lloydminster for seven years. Rider Nation, they, they do walk among us. Every, everybody, everybody knows Riders fans, works with a Rider fan, is a, f- a friend with a Rider fan. Maybe even we have Eskimos fans who are married to Rider fans, though I don't know how that would possibly work. No, I'm serious. That would be that would be it for me. That's like Oilers and Canucks fans living together. Having a great first date. So who do you cheer for? Saskatchewan Rough Riders. I'm out. I'm out. That's how shallow I am. (laughs) Okay, so uh, I'll start here. So yesterday, uh, I take my uh, my dear mother shopping. So she's in line at the Shoppers Drug Mart in uh, City Center downtown. Uh, The the new one, the new two level one. On, oh, the, yeah. on the east side there. Yep. Very nice. So I'm waiting off to the side. She's in line. And uh, to say my mother despises the, Saskatch- the Saskatchewan Rough Riders would be an understatement. Like it, it, her level of dislike for the team, it, it really needs its own word. But anyway, so standing there and uh, there's, a, there's a young man in line ahead of my mother. And I'm thinking to myself, why, why do I recognize this, this guy? And he's wearing kind of like a burgundy T-shirt, shorts, running shoes. Just looks like an everyday guy out downtown. Looks pretty athletic. And then I realize, oh my goodness, that is Saskatchewan Rough Riders quarterback, Zach Caleros, in line downtown. Um, so I actually tweeted out, uh, Zach Claros was in fr- in line in front of my mom at Shoppers Drug Mart. I didn't tell her, thus preventing the first roughing the passer penalty of the day. So, <laughs> uh, got a few likes on Twitter. Did get a reply from somebody who said, well, what was he buying, Reed? He was not buying condoms, because I assume that's what was implied by that question. He was buying some sort of a snack. Uh, well, I'm just like, why else would somebody ask? So anyway, a uh, couple of my uh, friends who are Riders fans, I'm going to read a series of texts throughout the day that I, I received from them. 
shortly after my Claro's tweet, I get a text from one friend. Good thing your mom didn't breathe too hard on Zach. He could have broken. Also, I assume he was buying crutches and things of the sort. My goodness. Like, the guy was a rider for one game before last night. No, he was injury prone the last couple of years. I, I still think he's a good quarterback. And this was all before the game yesterday, right? That, that was before the game. Okay, now, that the was rest before of these the texts are going to be uh, during and after the game. I just got to find some of these. Sorry, I had them up, and then my my phone uh, took me back. Oh, yeah, here's another one from a friend. The Chris Jones needs an offensive coordinator who will stand up to him. Uh, <laughs> uh, Watford, the quarterback who uh, was in for this, the goal line quarterback sneaks. Watford is simply bad, has one job, can't do it. That was another text from a friend who likes the riders. Um, why isn't Caleros allowed to throw? There's another one. Here's another. Here, this is a good one. Chris Jones has this weird vision where he can play four-down football with CFL rules. <laughs> uh, another text from a friend. During, I don't know if yeah, this is just after the game. Chris Jones is good enough to coach to the NFL if he would let someone actually run the offense. And this might be my favorite of all time. Chris Jones would use Connor McDavid only on the power play, or pardon me, uh, Chris Jones would use Connor McDavid only on the penalty kill and when the other team has pulled their goalie. (sighs) They were thrilled when Chris Jones went to coach there. They still should be. 780-496-0063. Oh, my God, is this Jared on the line? Yes. Jared, we haven't heard from you for ages. How have you been? Good. I I dropped out when the Oilers kind of dropped out, but... Hopefully it's a little better this year. Well, I hope so. What's, what's... I just got a, a quick comment. Uh, a thought I had maybe a few weeks ago about about uh, Peter Shirelli. It, it, I don't know how much. I guess it's a bit of a criticism, but when he, when he inherited the Oilers team, and when he made the moves for like Lucic, Maroon, Russell, Larson, the Cassian, uh, Sakara, and Talbot, all of these guys, they were like immediate um, kind of plugs. And it was an improvement that was temporary. But when I think back, like now it's been three years, is you wonder, like, how much more room does somebody like Chris Russell or Cassian or Sekera or Tele, are they going to improve anymore? And I think that that's kind of what happened last year. I know the year before a lot of those guys had good seasons. But you think, is Lucic going to get any better? They lost Maroon. Um, and also, with, like, Jujar Kara. And Pyratty, are they going to get any better this year? So I think that some players like McDavid or uh, Drysaddle are going to continue to improve. But I think the majority of the players have kind of just hit the wall. And so when he made those trades, it was an immediate improvement. But as the years go by, I don't think those guys are going to get any better. Well, I don't think Lucic will, but I think he I think he can do better than he did last year. Uh, I think with Talbot, he's he's been around a 9-17, 9-18 goalie most of the time, so you have to hope he gets back to that. Raddy's a wild card, Jared. I mean, I've been saying about Raddy, we'll know probably by mid-December if he's figured something out or if he's a quadruple-A player, right? That he's going to go back to the minors and get a point a game or if 
you know, because maybe he can't sustain it here. I, I will say this about Jujar Kara, Jared. A lot of positive reviews from him, from teammates and opponents last year. Um, I, I think he can get better, and I think a lot of guys believe that he will. I think your points on the other players are, are yeah, I mean, there's a lot of question marks about uh, about the team, especially coming off the year they had. But just, why didn't they, I, I wasn't really following it, but why didn't they try to sign Pat Maroon if he only got, like, $1.7 million in St. Louis? He just didn't want to come back, or they couldn't get him, or... Well, the Oilers don't have a lot of space. Uh, I mean, I guess they would have $1.7 million, but they don't have a lot of cap space. I wonder if for Maroon, too, um, you know, you talk a lot about the speed of the game. He's not a fast skater. He did have that back surgery, and sometimes guys take a while to come back come back from that. Okay. I didn't know what, uh, what had happened to him, but it's just that he seemed to sign for such a low amount, and then... Shirelli signed that one goalie for two and a half million dollars. So I was a little bit, a little bit wondering some of the moves that were made. But what is your prediction for points this year? Oh, for the Oilers? Yeah. Oh God. I, I think they can make the playoffs, Jared. I, I, I do. I, I, I think Talbot will be better, and I think the special teams will be better, and I think that's going to be the biggest impact. Um, I, 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 I think they can approach 100. I don't know if they'll top 100. I, I still think they can approach 100. I'm pretty optimistic. What I about think you? The first 12 games is going to be the test, and then if if it's like a four and eight record, I think that Tom McLeod will be gone because they won't be able to kind of absorb any more losses at that point. So I think the first dozen games is going to be where we kind of see where we're at because if you fall five games below 500 in the first 20 games, you have to play at such an amazing clip to even come close to the playoffs, right? Well, Shirelli and McClellan could be gone if that happens. That's a, yeah. that's a fair comment. Jared, it's okay. nice to hear from you. Hope you're having a great summer. Bye-bye. All right, we'll take a quick timeout, and then we'll talk to Scott Secord about his hole-in-one at the Oil Country Championship. This is J.C. Sheriff from your Edmonton Eskimos, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right, well, let's hope we ace this next segment. Brooke Henderson got a hole-in-one, the Canadian playing at the British Women's Open today. She is tied for eighth at that tournament. And at the Petroleum Club, Scott Secord gets a hole-in-one at the Oil Country Championship. Scott, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, Reed. Well, it's great to have you on the show, and uh, you were able to fire an ace today in round two of the Oil Country Championship. Uh, tell us what that looked like and how that felt. Take us through the moment. <laughs> oh, it felt pretty good. Uh, it was 183 yards, I believe, with a bit of wind behind me, and um, my buddy before me had hit an eight iron, and I was kind of clubbing off him uh, throughout the tournament, and I pulled out a seven, and I was going to hit a little seven, but then I felt a little more breeze, and so I switched to an eight, and I uh, was just trying to get it on the green and have a good putt at birdie, and fortunately for me, it uh, one hopped and disappeared, and our group actually didn't know if it went in or not, and the group behind us as well was kind of yelling up at us to see if it went in, and we didn't know until about uh, 60 yards away from the green, and Actually, it's probably one of the most uneventful hole-in-ones that I've had, and uh, but it, it still feels good. No, no, wait a minute. You, 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 you know you got people listening rolling their eyes, Scott. One of the yeah. most uneventful holes-in-one that you've had. How many have you had? <laughs> this was my fifth hole-in-one. Oh, my goodness. Uh, how many in tournament play? 
Uh, this would have been my fourth, actually, in tournament play. Okay, amazing. How old were you when you got your first one? I was 13. Oh. They've been spaced out well enough. <laughs> well, th- well, that's pretty cool. Good for you for uh, for hitting that. That must have been a pretty exciting moment. Uh, you're, you're you're from Calgary, obviously, but you you've been playing all over the world. Uh, t- take us back first of all. I mean, a lot of people golf. Uh, most of us, myself included, do it recreationally, and we don't do it that well. Uh, <laughs> where did the competitive path start with you? Um, kind of started in high school. I uh, decided that I wanted to pursue golf through post-secondary and kind of looked at my options. It was a little late and decided that UBC was a good fit um, in Vancouver for both academics and sports. And so I spent five years there playing for them for four years and I uh, wouldn't change it. I learned a lot about myself and have a good degree out of it. And as well, I got to excel my game in the game of golf and here i am now playing pro golf two years now it's been and uh i like it so far (laughs) well yeah playing pro golf uh pretty good pretty good lifestyle though uh uh you know you got to make sure you're doing well and keeping going and and you were able to play in thailand last year take us through that decision to go overseas and play and uh how would you sort of compare the golf courses and i don't know if it's it's different from playing in canada and north america or what can you tell us about that yeah it was uh kind of on a whim my uh, good friend who I'd known at my home course at Country Hills in Calgary had said to me that he was going to Asia and within three weeks I was on a plane and heading to Thailand and it was quite the eye-opening experience. Um, I learned a lot about myself and it was hard just because of the travel and the communication issues and the food. It's uh, super humid, it's about 95% humidity being 30 degrees plus each day. Um, so I really struggled with that kind of factor uh, just sweaty hands, like you feel like you need to shower every five seconds. And um, um, but overall, you know the courses are great. They're they're more of a Florida kind of swampy like um, course with uh, Bermuda grass, and we call it cow grass over there. So it's very thick and sticky. And um, it was fun. I I would not. I like I said. I learned how to travel. I learned how to. Um, play on through hard circumstances and I've made lots of friends over there and I, I actually might be heading back in a little bit. Any, anything really different that's, that stuck out to you that you really remember? I don't know if it was just adapting to a new language, lifestyle, food, p- pace of life, any, anything like that really really stand out for you? Well, yeah, when, when, I, when I say I lived in Thailand, a lot of people imagine like beaches and resorts and the luxury of it but it was quite the opposite we were living with the locals and riding uh motorcycle taxis to the golf course with our golf clubs on the bag every day and eating what they eat so it wasn't the healthiest kind of foods and unfortunately last december which actually forced me to come home and get better and that's why i'm here Oh, wow. Okay. Well, you survived that. Scott Secord joining us on Inside Sports, a hole-in-one today. His fifth career hole-in-one, uh, round two of the Oil Country Championship. Uh, Scott, when, when when you look at your game, I, I mean, it's it, it's so competitive. And, you know, I had Will Bateman on my show last week, and he's, you know, everybody's trying to move up to that to that next tour. I know guys on the McKenzie tour, you're hoping to get on the, on the, on the web.com tour. Um, 
what do you have to do? I mean, I mean, I know for you guys, it's you're one or two shots away, right? I mean, it's it's one or two shots around. Is that fair that you're just trying to iron out, or or, or take me to the difference between a, a, a full-time PGA pro and some of you guys playing in the Oil Country Championship? Totally. Uh, we always say that if you bring any of the guys from Webb or whatever to come down on this tour, um, it'd be about the same. Like it's it's just so close. It's one putt around, pretty much, is separating all of us and. What it comes down to, I believe, is just experience and handling each situation the best you can. And obviously the guys who do that are going to come out on top. And that's what these guys are doing day or week in, week out. They're shooting four or five under every day, and that's getting them to minus 20 or 25. And that's what's winning the tournament out here. Who uh, Who's a golfer you either look up to now or maybe you looked up to when uh, when you were younger? I was a big fan of Adam Scott. I always thought he was a class act on and off the golf course. Um, Obviously, lifestyle, I like the way he looks at the game of golf, and I've actually been able to meet him, and so he's a, a good role model for me. All right, and uh, you mentioned being a Calgarian, so I, you, I mean, you're on Edmonton Radio, but is this Flames, <laughs> Stampeders, UFC, or, uh, or where are you at? <laughs> I, I am a bit of a Flames fan. I was having some fun with uh, some Oilers alumni uh, early this week in the Pro-Am, so it's, it's always a, a fun rivalry we're going to have. And I think we just need to build a stadium as good as you guys, and then uh, it might be a fair matchup. All right, that sounds, sounds like a plan. Maybe you can maybe you can run for city council on the side of your golf career and help get that done. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm okay with both. <laughs> well, Scott, congratulations on the hole in one today. Thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit. All the best. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply best in your future tournaments here buddy thanks for coming on the show i appreciate it thank you reed you're listening to 630 ched inside sports with reed wilkins Second inning at Remax Field. No score between the Edmonton Prospects and the Okotoke Dogs. The Prospects up two games to one in that best-of-five division semifinal. The Calgary Flames are going to buy out Troy Brower. And three minutes left in the third quarter. Hamilton 41 Montreal 3 in the Canadian Football League tomorrow, BC and Calgary. Of course, the Eskimos winning last night 26-19 over the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Got to give some credit here to C.J. Gable. 14 carries for 81 yards. A lot of tough runs up the middle. And uh, don't forget on that non-touchdown to Duke, he uh, went off favoring his knee. Thought he might be done for the night. He came back, got a couple key first downs late in the game to help the Eskimos 
put it away. Eskimos 5-2 and two on the season. They have won three straight. They will be in BC on Thursday. We'll have it for you on 6.30, Chad. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff, and the game will start at 8. Hey, some guests on the show get gift certificates to Northern Chicken. You can book the Rumpus Room for up to 12 of your closest friends and dig in for a family-style chicken picnic. NorthChickenYEG.com online in person, 124th Street, 107th Avenue, and I am uh, now craving some northern chicken. Jordy texting in, uh, just curious, Reed, did you ever get a hole-in-one? My goodness, I have not. I was going to ask the same question. I, I definitely have not. For the f- Earlier this summer, mm. for the first time ever, I birdied back-to-back holes. That's not so, bad. So that felt good. But uh, I'm, I am not a good golfer. Now, you, can, you don't necessarily have to be a good golfer. To get a hole-in-one, there is a little bit of randomness to it, but it, it doesn't hurt if you can hit it straight on the proper distance. <laughs> that tends to help. Uh, obviously, some players who have got a holes-in-one who may be high handicappers, I, uh, I have never been so fortunate. Maybe, maybe once a summer I might chip one in from 20 yards off the green. I don't think I've done that this, uh, yet this year. Uh, Jordy texting back says, I came close to a hole-in-one once, was really scared if it did go in because I didn't have the money to cover the drinks in the clubhouse. <laughs> that's, that's very true. That is, uh, that is very true. you got to buy a round. you got to buy a round if you get a hole-in-one for sure. Uh, Blue Jays, uh, they will take on Seattle tonight. That one starts in about half an hour. You can text 63630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. You can follow me on Twitter at Reed Wilkins, R-E-I-D-W-I-L-K-I-N-S. Most of my tweets are related to the Oilers and Eskimos and occasionally about pro athletes ahead of my line, ahead of my mom in line at Shoppers Drug Mart or as she's out shopping. Have you ever met my mom, Kellen? No, I haven't. Sweet lady. Mm-hmm. You know. Oh, would, 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 would you like some lunch? Doesn't look like you've eaten very much lately. Mm. No, Mom, I just ate like three steaks that you made for me. Oh, well, maybe you'd like a steak for dessert. <laughs> yeah, that's okay, Mom. What do you think of the riders? I want their souls to burn. <laughs> that's, that's my mom. <laughs> it is 738 Halinka Gretzky Cup starting Monday. In Edmonton and Red Deer, the United States will play their pool games in Red Deer starting against the Czech Republic, 7 o'clock on Monday. The coach for Team USA at the Halinka Gretzky is Corey Leyland. Corey, welcome to Inside Sports. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great to have you on the show. And uh, I know you're getting geared up here for the big tournament, the Halinka Gretzky Cup, starting on uh, Monday. The U.S. going to be playing its pool games in Red Deer. I want to get into your team a little bit. But, you know, Corey, I was uh, I was looking up your hockey history today, and uh, i got to mention you're a 1988 draft pick of the Pittsburgh Penguins and I should mention uh, I host Oilers post game shows with with Rob Brown so you could have been a teammate of Rob Brown forget about that Mario guy you could have been a teammate of Rob Brown Corey but it didn't quite work out <laughs> <laughs> no that would have been great that was a pretty good bunch of years back then the Penguins are pretty great back then 
Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, you know, your your hockey. Uh, just let people know here a little bit about your playing career. Obviously, uh, NCAA and uh, a lot of time in in Europe before you got into coaching. Uh, I mean, probably uh, a lot of memories to look back on. And I imagine I know from guys uh, who do play in Europe that they look back on the life experiences, maybe even more so than the hockey. Oh, absolutely! I had a, I had a great career. It was a lot of fun. I, I played till I was thirty eight. Played in Switzerland and. Germany and, and Austria and Slovenia and Denmark. I played all over, met a lot of friends. Um, hockey is a great world and, and it just kind of pulls you back and um, I'm just, I'm very fortunate to be coaching at this point in my career and, and giving back uh, just like a lot of people did before me. Was there a point in your playing career where it started to click, where you started thinking, yeah, I really want to coach when I'm done or did that, did that arise maybe after you hung up the blades? Where did the coaching spark come from? Well, the coaching spark really hit me when I was playing in Germany um, in the DEL over there, and, and uh, I was one of the older guys, and, and I started really um, uh, understanding the game more. I thought my game continued to get better, and it was because I was a smarter player, and, and uh, I, w- I was more cerebral instead of uh, relying on my physical abilities, and, and it was pretty neat to, to elongate my career and, and then uh, to give back to the younger players and um, I really started learning how to play the game, and I, I transformed my game from a forward to a defenseman, so my pro career I played as a D, and uh, it really helped me um, uh, elongate my career, and, and uh, it was a lot of fun to, um, to get into coaching, and now still being around the guys, it's been great. Well, and uh, now coming up here, you're, you're coaching in uh, a, a true best-on-best best tournament. Uh, I mean, here we are first week of August, and we got uh, dozens of kids in this tournament who are going to be drafted next June when the NHL draft is in Vancouver. For, from a U.S. perspective, uh, tell me a, a little bit about putting this team together. I mean, the United States has become uh, a hockey power, which you, you, you wouldn't have said, you know, probably, well, you wouldn't have said it 30, 40 years ago. What was it like putting this team together? How competitive was it for these spots, Corey? Well, we had uh, players coming from all over the United States, obviously, and, and uh, the best from their regions were able to come to New York, and we, we tried out in Buffalo, New York, and there was about 200 players, and uh, we had a rigorous uh, tryout process, and uh, we built this team. We just didn't pick the team, but we built it, and uh, we want to win uh, win this tournament, obviously. And uh, we, we there's another group of players that are in the national development team program that we weren't able to choose from, um, but this is that next tier of kids, and for whatever reason, they're not in that program, and some it was on their choice, some it was they just didn't make it, but um, kids develop at different rates. Let's get going here. All right. I mean, most of these kids are going to be the the best or almost the best players on the on the teams they're coming from. Uh, but you know, now you got four lines and the D pairings and, and the goalies, so guys might have to accept the different roles or or realize, okay, maybe I check a little more than I might on my junior team or my high school team or whatever. Uh, as a coach, you know, how do you get that message across? How do you make sure everybody uh, feels involved and is able to accept maybe uh, different expectations that they might have over the course of their regular season well that's a great question that's part of building a team and and we looked into all those things when we were selecting the team and um, we didn't necessarily always choose the top scorers from each uh, one of the tryout teams Uh, we chose the guys that uh, were going to really be great teammates and and support each other and obviously we've got our high-end guys and and we've got some guys that uh, are bigger and tougher and, and grittier and 
Um, we, we tried to build the team that way. So we're, we're, our focus is on being great teammates and, and um, supporting guys when, when things go well and when things don't go well. So um, we're, we're excited with our group. And like I said, I'm really excited to get going to see what we have. Corey, do you coach differently in a short tournament than you than you would over a, over a season or even a, even a playoff where you might play fifteen or twenty games? I mean, this is three, and then you know, hopefully a couple more. Does that change it at all for a coach? Oh, absolutely, and and we're focused on our style of play, and and it, it's very difficult to uh, to adjust and make different type of systematic changes that you would on a team that you have for a long term long term time but it's uh it is a challenge because uh, uh kids are coming from different backgrounds and have different influences so we're trying to get them all on the same page quickly um that's why personality really matters and we want real good people to um to sacrifice what we need to do to to win games well, Corey, this is going to be a fun one to watch. Uh, obviously, you know the best uh, the best hockey countries in the world and the best players in this age group, and many of them uh, bound for the NHL certainly in their careers coming up. Thanks for letting us get to know you a little bit. All the best with Team USA. Thanks for making time for me. Hey, thanks for having me. That is Corey Leyland. He will coach the United States at the Holinka Gretzky Cup. Seven forty-five, forty-one-three. Hamilton leading Montreal after three quarters in the CFL tonight. We'll uh, check in with uh, something a little different, but it's all for a good cause when we get back. You're listening to 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you tonight. It's 749. My name is Reed Wilkins. Our next guest has been a frequent texter to the show, and now he joins us as a guest. It is Daniel Harkis checking in. Daniel, you're on with Reed. How are you doing, man? I'm very well, thank you. How are yourself? I'm yeah, doing very well. Thanks a lot for coming on the show tonight. I know you brought this up to me uh, several months ago, and you told me it was in August, and I said, well, let's let's do something in August when it's going on. Uh, so it, this is, this is going to be fun. This is one of those things we we haven't talked about a lot, so you're going to be able to tell some stories here. This is, is shooting for a cause, and it's a charity paintball event? Absolutely. So this will be the fifth year for shooting for a cause. Um, it's definitely for a good cause. Uh, it's to help raise funds for a, a not-for-profit organization based out of the Calgary and Cochrane area called Helping Families Handle Cancer. So this organization essentially um, helps families who have children who are dealing with cancer and they'll help them out with uh utilities for a month or two uh with groceries with with rent just uh giving them that little extra bit of um security and knowing that hey we can deal with this we don't have to deal with something else while we're doing this well, Daniel, that's that, that's a that, that's a great cause. So so good for you for for you know putting something very important behind this. In terms of the the paintball part of it, mm-hmm. uh, like where do you do this? Does does it get pretty competitive once people are out there? Um, fortunately or unfortunately, depending on how you look <laughs> at it, it does get very competitive. Um, it brings all styles of paintball together. Um, it brings uh, professional teams, amateur pro teams, um, weekend warriors, um, those who've played competitive in the past but now play just uh, just because of the love of it, like myself. Um, 
we all get together for a good time. There's no winner or loser on the field apart from the charity. Uh, so this year we're hoping to break $25,000 a race uh, in five years. So right now we're just over 19000 raised, and we're, we're shooting for $6,000, but uh, I would love to see us get closer to that $30,000 mark. How can people find out more and donate? Well, um, there is a, a Facebook page, um, Shooting for a Cause, uh, is up there. It, you can also go through Capture the Flag Paintball and Airsoft. That's the field that, uh, that hosts the event. And that's the field who organizes it. Um, and I'm really good friends with the, the head organizer, and that's, uh, that's Rick. Um, he was on your show five years ago for, uh, for the very first season that it was done. And uh, we've just seen it bloom and blossom into something absolutely incredible. Awesome. Okay, so on Facebook, uh, shooting for a cause, and then, sorry, capture the flag. Paintball and airsoft. Okay. Uh, sorry, where is this happening again? So Capture the Flag Paintball and Airsoft is west of Cochrane, uh, just on the Highway 40, okay. uh, out near Wipers Village. So we're looking at uh, probably about 150 to 200 players. Um, we have players coming from Alberta, BC, Saskatchewan, several from the Maritimes, a uh, couple coming out of uh, the U.S. And if I'm not mistaken, I think we've got a few players coming out from uh, the U- uh, Europe UK being the key place. Awesome. So, uh, how large is uh, Daniel? Are you gonna? I'm sorry if these are really basic questions, but I've actually never done paintball. <laughs> how how big is the area? The competition area. Um, so each event or each game is about an hour, hour and a half long, and it's played on multiple fields. So the first event is being played on four fields. Um, so to put it in perspective. Uh, I would probably go on a limb and say it's close to about uh, 500 yards long by 300 yards wide. Okay, so pr- pretty pretty large area, and I assume there are places to hide and sneak around and use as cover? Absolutely. So the first event is always uh, Juggernauts versus Generals. Uh, this year we have a tank that's uh, just a Jeep with a turret hole cut out of it that we'll be having on field. Um, there's abandoned buildings. Um, uh, old vehicles to hide behind in the, the junkyard. Um, then the second event is going to be in the trees. So, again, there's going to be towers, um, wooden structures to hide behind. And then the third one, there's a fortress that's going to be used, towers, barrel bunkers. There, there's a lot of cover. That's that's amazing. So, and you mentioned there are some uh, professional teams, so there obviously are some groups of people that are very well well honed well practiced at this like how do, how do you reach that level so in alberta um out of edmonton actually there's a, a professional team called the edmonton impact and they play in the millennium series out of europe and the u.s and they're actually going for the third consecutive world championship um so they play out of paintball action games um, paintball action games in Edmonton, as well as Bragg Creek, host the uh, Canadian Professional Paintball League as well. There's about uh, 30, 40 teams in that uh, in that competition. Um, they do about four or five events a year, uh, indoor and outdoor. So that's the nice thing. Um, that area of paintball is called speedball. Uh, very fast-paced games. Um, very accurate. Very quick. Um, points-based, you know, 10-minute games. 
then there's also the woods ball there's mechanical i could get into a lot of it but uh it might bore a couple people well, no, this sounds really interesting. So uh, Facebook, uh, Shooting for a Cause, uh, or Capture the Flag Paintball, if people want to read more, and of course donate, you're raising money to help families deal with cancer. Uh, and sorry, when are you out, when are you guys out there again? Uh, it's this Sunday. So it's all I Sunday. Okay. the first game is supposed to be starting at 9.30. Um, I myself will be there with uh, with the boys from my uh, uh Facebook live show, podcast show kind of thing. Western Canada Paintball Alliance will be there probably for about 8 a.m. just helping get things set up. Awesome. Hey, Daniel, you know, first of all, thanks for listening to Inside Sports because I got to know you as a texter. Thanks a lot for telling us about this great event. I hope it goes awesome, and I really appreciate you making time for us. Uh, no problem. I'm an Edmonton boy, born and raised, living down here in, uh, in enemy territory. I'm living <laughs> in Cochrane now, so... Every time I break out my Oilers jersey or or uh, celebrate an Esk's victory, I get uh, I get booed and heckled by my coworkers. So well, well, I, I hope you got to see that one last <laughs> night. <laughs> oh, I, I listened to it. That's for sure. And that was one heck of a good game. Right on, Daniel. Take care. All the best. Thank you very much. Have a good one. Okay, Daniel Harkis. So uh, look that up. Shooting for a cause uh, paintball coming up this weekend down near Cochrane. Uh, Daniel, an Edmontonian, as he said, in Edmonton territory. 47-3, Hamilton leading Montreal in the fourth quarter. No score. Okotoks and Prospects, bottom of the fourth at Remax Field. Prospects trying to win the series. Thanks to our studio producer, Kellen Kennedy. Dave Campbell's the producer of the show. My name is Reed Wilkins. I'll have a best of inside sports on Monday, but we will have a live coaches show with Morley and Moss at 7.30. Hope you have an awesome long weekend. Take care. Today's Friday. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.